The Big Small Business Show is brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Transform the future of your business. Partner with the CASA today. And the courage to grow is business. MTN Business, a new world of business. Welcome to the Big Small Business Show. This show is for you, the entrepreneur, whether you're a fit entrepreneur or not so fit entrepreneur, whether you've been running for a long time or you've just started your race. Now, sometimes us as entrepreneurs, uh, we think that the world is against us. We start off our businesses and we have to get them going. And uh, then we get all sorts of distractions from, from left and from right. And then we start to understand that uh, our competitors are doing this and these competitors are doing that. And uh, what I'm saying to entrepreneurs is that stop focusing on their businesses. Stop focusing on what they are doing. It's time for you to focus on what you are doing and start to run your own race. Welcome to the panel section of the Big Small Business Show. Today we are in situ at the place of work of uh, Debbie Wallenafti. Debbie is the MD of Swift Momentum Josie and uh, they do some interesting work in matching uh, people uh, with jobs. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay, was that a good summary of what you do? Uh, it's a brief summary yeah. but yeah it's a good summary. <laughs> Right, where, so where people matches. Okay, so what, what do you do? So we are a specifically IT tech digital focused recruitment company. Yeah. Our speciality is anything tech related. So we work in all kinds of tech spaces, be it financial services, be it digital, anything that involves tech. So your, your client base would be um, big tech companies, ICT companies, right? So some financial services companies, insurance companies, digital agencies, the creatives, um, fintech startups, which are our favorite. Mm -hmm. and, and your role then is to find the requisite skills in order to, to fulfill certain projects or, or, or roles within the corporate. Correct. Our client would have a requirement in terms of staff and we would get the brief and we would find hopefully the right person for the job. So, so let's go into, into let's get into the nitty gritty here. This is a very, very uh, tough industry. There's a lot of players. I, I love the fact that you've niched yourself within a certain part of the market. But even within there, there are other competitors. How do you differentiate yourself, even within that niche? So, I mean, you know, I always say to clients, they'll say, "Well, you're charging us a certain commission. Why? What? What? What's the differentiator?" And there's no real differentiator in that we're all fishing from the same pool, the same people are out there. But I think that we are certainly subject matter experts. We mm. understand tech. If somebody says to me they're looking for an Angular developer, I make sure I know what that means. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's a programming language. It's okay. a coding language that Just very testing. few people... I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we... And we are... I think the only thing is that we're deeply passionate about what we do and we want to work with passionate people. You're based here in Joburg as your, your Swift Momentum Josie, but the, the organization is bigger than just Josie, right? Yes. So Swift Momentum was started 10 years ago by my partner in Cape Town, David Sarenbach. 
Uh, we've got a big office in Cape Town, and I think David's got a very good name in the market. And then three years ago, I started, this is my third year as Swift Momentum Josie. So you use the word he's got a great name, and how, how do you get a good name in this industry? Like what, what are the inputs to a good name in the industry? So I think, I think brand is mm. very, very important. Yeah. We work very hard at our brand and we spend a lot of money on promoting our brand and making sure that our brand is everywhere. And, and then we wear it proudly. So how we deal with our clients, how we deal with our candidates, the fact that a lot of companies approach us. So we have a, uh, we have a presence in the market. If you are in IT, the chances are, if you're looking for staff, you'll know about Swift Momentum. Your process of, of actually selecting your um, people, the, 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 the technical people, uh, is it pretty standard? Is it just a couple of interviews and reading a CV? Is it, or is it in more depth than that? So firstly, we obviously have to know who the client is. And, I th and we, you say what differentiates us. We spend a lot of time with our clients. We don't just meet them once. Some people don't even meet their clients. We go through to the offices, we meet their staff, we get a sense of the culture because I think culture is actually sometimes more important than technical skill. Technical skill can be learned, it can be taught, it can be mentored, it can be picked up, but culture is you go to work every day, you spend a lot of time there. Are you going to fit in and are you going to fit into the company? Are they going to work with your value system? So that's very important to us. Just, just on that because a lot, of, a lot of people are under pressure to close deals mm. and, and would find it very hard to resist a situation where you've got the requisite skills but you know that there's no culture fit. What goes on in your mind when you, in that you want to close the deal, there's no culture fit, how do you reconcile not actually putting that candidate through? Because I think if you don't do it properly from the start, it's going to bite you further down the line. Mm. So I would rather really and truly lose a deal rather than put the wrong person in the job. I've put people in a job and I've said to my client, you don't have to pay me for this. That's how sure I am. So it just depends about what your value systems are and that's what it ultimately comes down to. We want to work with clients who have got the same value system as, as us. We want to work with candidates who have got the same value system. But you, you cannot just be driven by targets mm. and that's why the recruitment industry is such a bad name. There are a lot of young recruiters who they don't understand the spec. They don't understand the company. They've got massive targets hanging over their heads. They've got to make a certain amount of calls. They've got to send a certain amount of CVs. My staff have none of that, and it works for us. Sometimes I have to rein them in, but it's okay. There, there, there is the sort of perennial notion that in the industry that there are a lot of fly-by-nights in your industry, and yet there's certain very um, significant players who've been around for a long time. What do you attribute the difference between the two? Why, why are some really making it the long term and why are some sort of falling off the bandwagon? I think it's all about relationship building and about values. So if you build proper long term relationships and it's not just about that one deal, your business will, they will keep coming back because you're giving them a proper service and, and that's what it comes down to. If it's just for the deal, you, you'll probably do well for a while, but eventually it will fade. If your service is not, I always say to my clients, I want every client to think that they are my only client, that nobody else exists out there. And that's, that's why I, keep my, I actually keep my client base quite small. 
I don't want too many clients that I can't service just because I've got them on my books. Just uh, bef before we take a break, just one last quick question around uh, you, the individual, your personality in order to be in this industry. Who, who does Debbie need to be as a person in order to succeed in this space? So I, I think that's why I came to Swift Momentum. Um, I think David has built a brand that is, it's pretty sexy. It's very different to most recruitment companies out there who for some reason want a very corporate image and our image is not corporate we work with millennials we work with developers we work with technology that's changing every day and so we all we say to our people is just be whoever you are it doesn't really matter who you are be that and so it's just about authenticity like we are rebellious we are edgy and our brand speaks it and we speak it. I mean, if you meet David, he looks like a surfer. He looks like a tattooed surfer dude. Hmm. But he's brilliant at what he does because he loves what he does. And that's the brand. We, speaking about branding, we're going to have to take an advertising break right now. When we're back, we're going to continue with uh, more questions, particularly around the issues that Debbie's facing in the business right now. with uh, Debbie Waller-Nafti who is MD of Swift Momentum Josie and we've been talking about uh, the the industry about the recruitment industry and uh, uh, what makes uh, a good recruiter what makes uh, a bad recruiter and uh, why certain businesses do well in the industry and some fall off the bandwagon this is part two of, of the interview and now we're going to try and understand some of the issues that are taking place in the business one of, one of the things uh, that you put down here is that um, the, the, the market is quite erratic. It's up and down, up and down. Do you want to sort of expound on that? So, I mean, I think globally we're in a very tough e economy and, and people are very financially stressed. So it makes decision making much harder. So a client will, will come to us, they'll say, this is what we need. A few weeks down the line, they'll say, I've had enough. I'm sending my development to India. Mm. So that changes. Candidates right now are also being, there's a skill shortage in the market in, in IT. Uh, to be honest, our business has never been busier. I've never had more business in my entire life. But to close the deal is much harder because I think that when people are financially stretched, mm. their values go out, out the door. So they'll sign. Mm -hmm. an offer. The, these are the candidates. The candidates. Yeah. They'll sign an offer, yeah. they'll accept the deal, mm -hmm. and then they'll change their minds. Or they'll get a, a counter offer. For 10 Rand more, they'll take it. And so that's our biggest challenge right now, is to meet, to work with clients and candidates whose value systems are intact. And, and is, that, is that peculiar to the, the IT or the technology space, or is that across the board? in all other sectors as well? Well, I think, look, I think it stretches through all, but I think more so in IT because software developers are rock stars. They are treated like rock stars. They are paid like rock stars. They are, 
headhunted like rock stars. Mm. So, so the market is very skewed right now. And because there's such a skills shortage, they get headhunted 10 times a day. Yeah. And they've got 10 deals to choose from. So it makes it so much harder. Yeah. And I can understand why. And, and just structurally within the business, because I'm trying to understand the business as well, you provide guarantees and that also affects your guarantees. Correct. All that hard work, even if they don't sign, which is the first piece, but they do sign on, they do go work there, but two months later, within your guarantee period, they get another offer and they're out and you, you are out of pocket, so to say. Correct. And that is the biggest challenge right now. It's Forget about the competition. There's always going to be competition. And I think competition is healthy. And, and it's necessary. But, but what makes a person stay is very different now to what it used to be. Let's go to the, um, the, the part around the erraticism, if that's a, an English word, um, about the industry being erratic up and down. Just, just give me a sense of what you mean by that. Does it mean the demand goes up and down? Or does it mean the supply goes up and down? What, what, what is going up and down? What's erratic? So the demand is massive. The demand has never been more big in, yeah. in terms of that every single company out there has some kind of IT requirement. Mm. So the demand is huge. There's a massive skills sh shortage of like senior resources. Yeah. A lot of people leave because there's a huge demand overseas as well. So in terms of the players out there, there's a lot of average mm. and there's not so much, there are not so many great and the great are either very committed to what they do and they're staying where they are, mm. or they're going to take the most money because that's mm. what it's about right now. And before I found it was less about, opportunity was huge for them. Mm. Growth, challenge, innovation, culture. Now it's location. How long is the distance that I have to travel? And how much money am I going to get? How many benefits am I going to get? That's what's driving people more than ever. Do you think the the likes of Google and, and, and Facebook uh, in terms of what we see them providing for all their staff has skewed the market as well as created almost like you know, a spoiled kid scenario? So I think it's just a reality and if you speak to the millennials they absolutely expect it. They want the flexibility and unfortunately a lot of companies I think are still stuck in, in that kind of 8 to 5 office hour thing. In IT, it's a little bit different. There is much more flexibility. A software developer can sit at home and code, and they live and breathe to code. That's all they want to do. And they want to produce the best code, so they're happy to do it. Unmonitored, not micromanaged. So there's a little bit of a, some want a lot of flexibility, and companies aren't prepared to give it. But then you get the fintech startups, who are so flexible. They'll provide you with as much flexibility as they want, provided you do the job properly. And the developers out there mostly do. You know, uh, our yesterday I went to uh, see a business and they had moved all their stuff actually exactly what you, you said to India. And they had a small little operation here. It was a massive building, 3,000 squares before, and now they're occupying close on 300 squares now, like a tenth of what they used to be. So surely those people, the other, the other you know, 90% of the, the, the space that were released, become into the market as well. You know, as, as offshoring is happening, the, the, the upside of that is that it releases skills within this country as well. Definitely. So, so the, the tech space is very competitive and software is changing every day. So 
the, the problem is there's always developers who are looking for jobs. But when you go, when you move into the smaller markets, like the more entrepreneurial businesses, the fintech startups, mm. the skills need to be very broad and deep. Mm. As opposed to if you put somebody into a large corporate, mm. it's very siloed. They're doing one small part of the job. So the guys who have got the broad, deep skills are few and far between, whereas there are a lot of guys who just do, oh, I'm a Java developer, I'm a C-sharp developer. But how much do they actually know? How good are they? That's the challenge. Just going back to the industry, just a more sort of chunking up from a meta perspective right now. What, you know, the industries go through this, uh, this phase where there's massive demand, there's little supply, and there's skewed pricing as mm. a result. That's happened in other industries in the past, you know. I remember not too long ago, um, 10 years or so, that welders were a big issue uh, in South Africa. Um, and welders were being, being paid disproportionately. Do you think but that the market will c correct or is the demand f just growing at such an exponential rate that you can't see that? that the, I mean, where is it going? Is it going to go like this? Is it going to normalize or is it going to continue? I think it's a bit of both. I think, I mean, for the last two years, from, from February 2017 to February 2018, we more than doubled our profit. Mm. You know, I doubled my staff. So, so the demand is huge and there's lots and lots of work out there. Mm. I do think that it's a roller coaster. I don't know when it's going to rectify itself, but I definitely think that it goes in waves and it, it, it does rectify and then it will go that bump will come again and that's how it goes. And as an entrepreneur, that's how it goes. You've got to just ride the wave. We're going to have to leave it there for part two. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to be giving some of my summaries in terms of where I think uh, Debbie should be looking about taking the business strategically into the future. Debbie Wallet Nafti, she is the MD of Swift Momentum Josie. We've been talking now in the last section about uh, the particular issues within the industry as, as a whole and within the business as such. It's time now for my summary on what I've heard and um, I'm going to start off by just saying first of all congratulations. I think, I think what I find uh, impressive is that you've stuck to your authenticity. And I think that is the critical thing here, is that in, in uh, an industry that's growing and has a different demands, you spoke about the values of the candidates and what I see with many businesses is their values start to change. Now it doesn't mean, and this is an important thing, it doesn't mean that you don't have to change, you don't have to adapt to what's going on, but the core values need to remain the same but the business needs to evolve. Why I'm saying that is because many uh, businesses, when they're in that, in that state of growth, when there's pressure, make it the mistake of either sticking, thinking that their values 
are the business and that that business does need to evolve because this is how it was and it needs to be that way or letting go of those values and just shooting forward and 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 it is a combination of both it's holding on to those values and evolving as a business and that's far more difficult uh, said uh, done than said so that's the first thing i just want to frame that that piece as well first is that there's a split between the two and you've got to in in thinking about the future lock down what are the values that are non-negotiable and understand what in the business needs to evolve and the pressure that you're feeling from the external market now which is the fact that there is huge uh, demand little supply and you've got a skewed market means that you're going to have to evolve at some point in some point and what you've said is that you're not going to evolve in terms of your values which is great but you will need to evolve the business in a different place so I just want to make that dis the distinction the second thing that I think is important here you used the, the, you said what you do is that you work with your clients in terms of their culture and and a big um, I'd say differentiator that you have related to others, and I'm so glad you didn't use price or personal service, is the fact that you are, are um, sensitive and responsive to that particular culture, so that you're actually, your value proposition is not providing candidates, your value proposition is providing culture fit, okay, mm. with the requisite skills. And it's in that order, that because we can get you somebody but they won't fit or we can get you somebody who can fit and has the skills and that needs to be for in my opinion the the the, the sharp edge of how you differentiate yourself into the market so for me what how I would brand myself is that you're cultural experts that to me because within mm. the industry within the niche okay because you've got multiple competitors within the niche but within that niche, it would be that you're cultural experts within that niche. So you can walk into an environment, get the brief, that's sort of done and dusted. Everyone can do that. But what you're really particularly good at is the cultural uh, nuances and then matching that to the individuals. And then thereafter to build the, your uh, core competence within the business around that. The, the, the next piece to me is around, so that's point two. The next piece to me is around um, the concept of running your own race and I think this is a very important thing not just to you but I think to all businesses that are, are growing out there where there's tremendous pressure on them from let's call them market forces from competitive forces okay, out there so the competition is all doing this and the markets all doing that and here you stuck in the middle and you are being torn uh, in this and and at some part and um, and I'm going to use this uh, phrase um, lightly or not so lightly I don't know you you determine is that you feel that God is picking on you and somehow that that this industry is peculiar to all other industries that that this is like abnormal I've been doing this for a long time and every single person that you speak to feels that so God is picking on them because you know the guys who are making you know, glasses say, you know how competitive it is and how can you differentiate? And it's very, very tough. The guys who are selling cell phones are saying the same thing. The guys who are making clipboards are saying the same thing. Everyone is saying the same thing. You're just looking at, at it from your perspective. And what, what my advice around that is to run your own race. Mm. In other words, 
you just uh, you you need to notionally know about what your competitors are doing, just so you know. Of course, you have to understand where the market is going, but you have to be authentic, and that's the other word, to your journey as an entrepreneur. Authentic to your process. All the while, I'm circling back to my point number one, which is know what part to evolve. So this running your own race thing, I think, is much harder, once again, to do than it is to say. I can say it to run your own race. And what that means is that just focus on keep doing the right things and one particular thing which is where do I add value. Now let's go down that route. When you are adding value you've got two basically you've got two markets. You have to add a value to the client okay, and you have to add value to the candidate. To me it's about creating a value stack Okay, what is, what, is the, what is valuable to the client? And then prioritize that. So for my clients, for example, it's speed, it might be the fact that it's price, it might be the fact that there, there is a guarantee. These are important to them. To my, my candidate, what's important to them is the salary, stability of the, of the client, etc., etc. And then you start just the focus. Now when I say run your own race now, is just to spend your time 90% focused on just building value there and building value there in an authentic way to your values. And that's it. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, that's it uh, for today's panel interview. Do stay tuned to find out what's coming up on the hour version of the show. Remember, if you think it, write it down and make it a reality. Perhaps if I, if I um, describe it as making sure that there is a very close connection between the business and the business product or service yes. and then the causes or the actions or activities that one chooses to engage on. You know, you, you might be fine maybe in your marketing, but you've never had anybody train you on how to, to negotiate better. Uh, something that we, no one is a real master at. We would all want to be a, a lecture about negotiation skills. So you're right. It did give a lot of variety and that, that, that helped the entrepreneurs a lot. to grow is business the big small business show made possible by mtn business a new world of business and by chartered accountants of south africa lead your industry with a responsible partner partner with the casa today